You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to today's edition of Locked On ACC. I'm your host, Candace Cooper, and I am here with Jersey Drake from Locked On Seminoles for Freestyle Friday. We have got a lot to go over on today's episode. Men's basketball, a little upset over there on the women's side of things. And more importantly, I get to talk about Coach Hamilton. Always exciting for me. So let's get right into it. Jersey Drake, how are we feeling? Um, no, I feel great. Uh, basically, you know, it's Friday. We finally made it to the end of the week. Bienvenidos a viernes. I'm very excited to be here. And trust me, I am one coffee in, so I'm locked, loaded, and ready to talk some basketball. Oh, listen, we're going to do one episode one time fully in Spanish. As soon as I get my, my get back right, I have a couple more episodes or a couple more uh, Rosetta, what is Rosetta Stone. As soon as I get my Rosetta Stone, you know, you brush up a little okay, bit. Shout out mi gente out there. We'll do some examples. <laughs> and, uh, we'll talk about Bruno, some uh, Los Olientas. Okay. You feel me? We don't, talk, we don't talk about Bruno over here. But anyway, shout out to Hikako. All right. So we are going to talk about some men's who can get into a little upset action. And then again, like I said, Coach. Hamilton. But first, we're going to start with the first leg of games. Boston College playing Syracuse. Boston College coming off of a big overtime upset loss to Notre Dame. They should have had that one, but it's okay. You live to see another day. Live to see another day. Syracuse, on the other hand, haven't played all week. You know, the vibes are right. We talked to Tyler Aki. He just, it's better to be on the side of not playing at all than to play and lose. Boston College upset the Orangemen. Syracuse got to get, got to get away with this. I mean, yeah, I mean, m- folks, most lines out there are going to be Syracuse, I think, around opening at minus 12. I can see it going as high as minus, you know, 14, which I probably would take. Me, personally, I don't think Boston College is a very good team, even though whenever I say that, they immediately play FSU within a few days. They play FSU on Monday, and I wouldn't be surprised if FSU dropped that game to, Florida State, uh, to Boston College. But with Syracuse, it's kind of like you kind of have to ask, like, what do they have to play for now, right? It's really hard when you don't have the March Madness or the actual tournament at the end of the year to kind of look forward to because, I mean, you don't get the same kind of energy when you go, yeah, we're going to the NIT. No one really cares about the NIT, no offense. But with the NCAA tournament, you got to ask, like, you know, with Jim Bayham and Buddy Bayham, was like, hey, like, we got ourselves in the mirror. I mean, this is Buddy's probably last year here, unless he has the COVID year, see actually what they can come up with. To me, Boston College might steal this one, but to me, this is going to be either Boston College by one or Syracuse by 15 points, because Boston College is a very good team. Yeah, I would love to interview players to ask, or even retired players, like, what? Does the NIT even mean? Do you even care about the NIT? Do you even want to play in the NIT? Like, I would love to have some sort of discussion around that because I feel like the energy is definitely off. Nobody want to play the NIT. I don't even know what the NIT is. I'm keeping it banned. I'm going to have to look that up, Google it. I got you real quick. What's the other one? The CBI is the other one, too? There's yeah, the CBI is one you have to, like, pay to play, which people are like, absolutely. Wait, seriously? Oh, it's the National Invitation Tournament. That even sounds like lame, right? <laughs> okay, sorry. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to drag. Right now. For all of our teams that actually might definitely, we're going to mess I mean, around yeah, if you yeah, haven't been I, there. I going to be there, too. Like, why Carolina is going to be right behind them. So, you know, it is what it is. So, super unfortunate. But Notre Dame, Wake Forest will be at 1 o'clock on ACC Network. Extra, the Fighting Irish coming off that win. Or Wake Forest coming off a tough loss against Duke, currently 19-7. The Fighting Irish, 20-7. The Dean Deacons. Game of the weekend here, Jersey Drake. How are we feeling? Yes, ma'am. I almost actually pulled out my uh, Wake Forest hoodie when we were changing from over the uh, changing over the, over here early this morning because I do this the game of the week. I do. I am a big Alondis Williams fan, but the problem is with Wake, 
I mean, we saw them, you know, lose a close one to Duke. Yeah. And they lost one to a, in my personal opinion, a very underrated and kind of not spoken about enough Miami team. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's something that a Notre Dame team that's coming off a very, honestly, a poor showing against the Boston College team that should have no business of playing, you know, that close with, right? Yeah. So to me, this is a game that will prove whether one of these teams are basically actually made for a real long tournament run. And yeah. with, I mean, Wake Forest schedule, for, I mean, Notre Dame schedule for the rest of the uh, year is what? Notre Dame, sorry, no, it's Wake Forest schedule, is Notre Dame, Clemson, Louisville, and NC State. And to me, that you have to win three out of those four games if you're actually going to be a legitimate threat in tournament, also in the AC tournament coming up, too. So, man, I can't wait to talk legitimate threats in tournament time. We're so close. I cannot believe we talked about that. Time is to- truly flying. Truly flying mm-hmm. over here. Clemson and Louisville, a game that, you know, evenly matched the Tigers face the Cardinals at uh, Louisville. They'll play at three o'clock on the ACC network. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's pretty good. So is Hunter Tyson. So is David Collins, too, as well. And then with, so you kind of have to ask yourselves, though, like, how, what is, what's up with Louisville? Like, I know they lost their, I know they, you know, made the switch from Chris Mack earlier in the year, but Chris Mack isn't there anymore. And they've lost what, at this point, seven straight games? I'm overall? just wondering, yeah, because everyone says Chris is a problem. Coach Mack, he's, and then you don't have him and you think, okay, the team's going to come together and they're going to figure it out. And that really hasn't happened. So was it his fault? Should you have pulled the trigger as early? Maybe this is just what isn't the cohesive group that we needed. Who knows? I mean, besides, I mean, they went, you played UNC and went to overtime, right? Like that to me is the closest game we have, but you look towards, they lost to Syracuse by 24 points, 23 yeah. points. Sorry. So like, if you look at the actual like records, like it doesn't seem, it's, to me, seems like a team that's just the season's lost. Obviously, the team yeah. is obviously in shambles. So it's kind of like you see them playing against a Clemson team where it's going to be probably the most entertaining and close game. I don't know whether they have. I guess if they, it's kind of hard for me to see them kind of getting up and playing this game right and going actually yeah. out there to win a winnable game because after this, they play North Carolina, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and then Virginia. That yeah. sucks. You're going to be probably you're going to be <laughs> an underdog by like at least double digits in each one of those last three or four games. Yeah, that is tough. And I think, again, Chris Mack maybe has some other things going on, but it's hard to rally around a team that doesn't want to rally around themselves. And so now you look at them, I feel like the transfer portal is going to be a little hot <laughs> as we get through these next few, you know, life after this season for the Cardinals. Maybe it'll be a fresh change. Maybe with this interim coach, they'll actually get the opportunity to hire somebody that they want. Maybe the, that'll help people stick around, but it just feels like very unfortunate how it's all matriculating. I mean, it sucks. You never want to see the kids have, like, lose a season, right? Like, yeah, no. one year eligibility is gone, and you basically are ending off as probably one of the worst teams Louisville's had in the past decade. And that kind of just, that's a bad taste in your mouth. Yeah, for sure. All right. We're going to talk about North Carolina and Virginia Tech and the rest of some of these games here in just a bit. But as Rizzy Drake always gives you every single Friday, he gives you the best bets, the lines, all of that good stuff. And it's thanks to BetOnline. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports, scores, podcasts, and news this season. From the latest odds, totals, player performance, props to where to the, the where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net has you covered. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, we're rocking and rolling here. Jersey Drake is in the building. We're talking college basketball, men's side of things. After that Pittsburgh game, just lost all hope. I lost all hope. 
I don't even know why we're here. We have to talk about them because we talk about the conference. And oh, shameless plug. We have not yet locked on heels. Isaac Jade, make sure you guys follow him. He is a new host over there. Talked about the heels. And I'm sure he had a lot to talk about after that piss for luck. That's embarrassing, bro. I know you've experienced that this season with some losses that you like why, but hit. Yeah, we lost a pit. <laughs> <laughs> We lost a pit too. I'm pretty sure like a few days before that too. So is Pitt actually sneakily good, or nope. our teams are just crap? I think it's. Well, I think Pitt's the best team in the ACC, and actually our teams are just garbage. No, I don't. <laughs> no, but like it's it's funny to me that like like what exactly is y'all's issue? Because like you go on a run of like you know four or five straight games, and then you lose a game you're supposed to like not supposed to, but like a tough game against Duke, or you lose a like what barn burner like getting blown up by Miami and get blown up by Wake Forest. Like what exactly do you know your team actually is? And is the issue like your players or is it maybe Hubert Davis isn't able to kind of like, you know, get the best out of, out of the kids on the floor. I implore you guys listen to Thursday's episode with Tyler Aki because we did a really, had a really good discussion about whether or not Hubert Davis is the right guy. And we talked about, I'm going to give you a little teaser, whether Hubert may be too nice to be a head coach because you got to be a villain. I ain't saying you got to be a super gremlin, but you got to be somewhat of a villain to be a head coach because you got to have some hard conversation. You got to tell some people, hey, dog, like you keep turning the ball over. I'm going to sit your tail down. You can't just have people say, oh, well, you have to deal with people's parents and you have to deal with all the vitriol that comes with being in that position. If you can't handle that, I'm trying to tell you the Lord is on our side, but he he gives miracles now, but he can't give a miracle or something. Not well, I shouldn't say that because the Lord does get miracles we don't expect. But what am I trying to say here? Let me get it to the point. I just feel like maybe this ain't your call. Maybe this is not your ministry. And that's okay. And I feel like I feel that about Hubert Davis. Maybe this is not his ministry. Which leads me, folks, today. Take Virginia <laughs> Tech when it opens at probably <laughs> minus six, because I have a bad feeling that what happened to us like about a week ago, as I think his name is Hunter Couture and Padula. You're gonna see a lot of threes in this game. A lot of make, and you're going to be very, Candace, I'm trying to help you out here, but y'all might be spiraling a little bit, ain't going to lie. I don't feel no ways. Whoever said Armando Bacow was ACC player of the year have several roles. Thank you, please, and thank you. Miami and Virginia. Virginia will go to Coral Gables to face the Hurricanes at 5 o'clock network. Don't sleep on either team while you're playing. 16 and 10 Virginia in a 19 and 7 Miami team. Could go either way. This is going to be probably the lowest scoring game on Saturday, in my personal opinion. I think so. I think Virginia might fight to break 50 points, maybe 55, primarily because I think Miami is probably one of the top 20 or 25 teams by turnovers, by causing turnovers, whether it be Cameron McGuster or Isaiah Wong, which is why I'm so high on them. To me, this would be a game that it's funny. Whenever Miami is so super, super close to being ranked, they always drop the game. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It's like they always do it. When you know, they win those those games, you know, they beat them. They like being the underdogs. Completely. They, lo- they like being the underdogs. So maybe they're trying to, hey, let's go for the ninth or the eighth seed in the tournament. <laughs> that way we're underdogging every damn game. But yeah. folks, for me, this is a game that Miami will be favored. Virginia might steal this one. I have a feeling it's going to be a very turnover-prone game, but also probably a bad shooting at both teams. Listen, I think that, you know, Jaden Gardner has certainly come out of his shell a bit. And well, the way you have um, Mr. Beekman shooting clutch shots, it might come down to that for a Miami team who's gritty, who stays in games, who all, who knows how to come back, right? So I think that's yeah. what's going to be exciting about this matchup. We want to talk about Florida State 
in Duke here, though. I'm going to hang out here a bit. Actually, let's, let's get back. I want to talk about that. Kind of know a little more detail. I want to talk about Georgia Tech and Pitt. Because, child, we don't know what we're going to get with either team out of this one. Georgia Tech going to Pittsburgh to face the now, I guess, strikingly hot Panthers team at 7 p.m. on ACC Network. Great. Good. Hope you guys have fun. What do you think about this one, Jesse Drake? So Pitt also beat NC State in between beating us and beating y'all. So Pitt and my actually sneakily might be the best team at the end of the season right now for ACC basketball. So watch out for them to be probably the best team come tournament time. But I mean, this is a game that I might only watch for gambling purposes, if we're being completely honest here. And this is probably yeah. the second most favorite by three to four points because it's super hot. Mm-hmm. To me, take Georgia Tech here because I think Josh Passner might be the better coach. And also I think with Georgia Tech overall, I think they're what? They're a three-game losing streak. To me, for some reason, you look at most of their games. They've never had losing streak more, go more than three to four games. So to me, this is basically a it's a value picker to go with Georgia Tech my line to win this game here. Ooh, we all right. Florida State and Duke, 6 p.m. on ESPN. I feel like Florida State, they just hanging on for dear life. I know the Duke Blue Elves are gonna win, but I asked and wanted to talk about this last because on Thursday show, again, another good episode. We talked about Coach Beheim and what he may do when it's time to retire. Who would be a part of his succession plan? Will he have a Coach K style or be more of like Coach Roy where he retires in the offseason, you find out who's next, but he's already picked his successor and they keep rolling? Or will he be like Coach K and have his whole retirement tour, get all his flowers, yada, yada, yada. We also have another older coach here in our conference, Mr. Sim. Do you even know who will be behind Coach Kent? For me personally, it's someone that's not on staff, but was on the staff for about eight to nine years. And that's the head coach of Cleveland State, Dennis Gates. Dennis Gates was probably really instrumental in helping Coach Hank kind of cultivate this culture, basically, of bringing in these lottery kids. Like, hey, defense comes first, you know, when you come here and rotational players, right? And be able to make the core foundation of a team that's of a program that's been to the elite or eight or 16, 16, six of that past eight years. Yeah. So that's someone that probably I would look out for. I don't think we're going to go out for someone like, I remember how Chris Beard made the transition from Texas Tech over to Texas last year. I don't think you go for a name like that. I think it's someone that you, it's someone that's familiar with the program, but also a little bit younger because I, I have a feeling I think Michael Alford, the new actually athletic director at FSU, has a premium on fundraising and booster relations. And so that's a little bit easier when you're actually a little, a little bit younger of a coach mm-hmm. because I, going, all that travels a lot on somebody. It yeah. is a, a damn lot. I can tell working compliance to the same thing, damn thing. So yeah. to me, Dennis Gates, the head coach at Cleveland State, is probably the premier coach for that. Um, I hope that we're not having this conversation much sooner, <laughs> even though I have a feeling that Coach that Coach Ham is going to pull a Coach Roy and just be, listen, my heart's not in the game anymore. It'll be a disservice to my kids, to the team, the staff, and the school if I keep going, if I not, my heart's not in it. And yeah. I have a feeling that that conversation might be ha- being had maybe with either as early as two months from now or maybe even the end of next season. But I think it's coming a lot sooner than I want to happen. Listen, one thing for certain, two things for sure. Some young kids who don't do what you ask them to do will stress you out and get you to retire a lot quicker than, you know, national championship talk or having these one and done. You know, are going to be excellent, come in, do what they got to do, right? So I think that's one of the reasons why Coach Roy left. Like, you get tired of telling somebody to get a damn rebound. After a while, you're like, listen, I haven't done this too long. I've seen some really good people come and go. I've had a great life. <laughs> I'm just trying it's to like a weapon. <laughs> I'm too old. I am too old for this, <laughs> right? I want to see my grandkids. And and you look at Roy, like he looks healthy. He looks 
Like he has done, like he's going on all these tours and blah, blah. So maybe Coach Hamilton's on the way. Like we saw him in the booth. Maybe he don't want to be on walking in the booth. Who knows? Something to think about. I remember walking in the booth. I'm like, God, I would be, my my fat ass would be on the damn fucking couch, not even doing this damn game. And this man is walking around with the booth. I'm like, no wonder you look like that at that age. And I look like this at 28. Come on, man. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. No doubt. All right, before we talk about Carolina and Louisville game on the women's side of things, I want to remind you guys that Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow part of Built Bar. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat, they're 100% covered in real chocolate, as are all of Built Bars, 100% covered in real chocolate, low-calorie, high-protein. Replace your candy bars with these Puffs. Go to Built.com. And scroll down to the macro chart and you'll be blown away. High fiber, low carb. Most Bill Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs. Compare that to your regular candy bar and you will be impressed. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and new for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to Bill.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 15% off at build.com. We're rocking and rolling with Jersey Drake, Lock Up Seminole's host, and we are down to home stretch here. Women's game. Don't have to talk about every single game, but a reminder that Notre Dame, up, Notre Dame upset Georgia Tech 72-66. North NC State held their own 92-61. We also saw Virginia get its first conference win, winning 7-54 against Duke. Virginia Tech taking care of business against Syracuse, 102-53. I think that that might be the first 100-point game I've seen from some women this season. Miami holding its own 60-50 against Pittsburgh. Then you saw Florida State beat Boston College 66-58. But it was this game here, 66-65, North Carolina Tar Heels. They beat. The Louisville Cardinals, man, oh, man. And I'm just going to sit here and say, if you are a Carolina basketball fan and you need to pick me up, you might as well go ahead and look at Coach Bankhart because they are doing big things, and I feel like they are turning the tide. That is a coach who transitioned that you want to see. When they had, you know, Sylvia, ha- Sylvia Hatchell in and all that drama, and she left. We brought in Coach Bankhart, who was not a part of the Carolina family, okay? Brought her in. She had her way. She's been bringing on new pieces. And it's kind of having the progression. Not, not, hint, hint. I'm just saying, maybe Carolina way, Carolina way, maybe Carolina family branch out a little bit. As I'm... God, I wish we said about FSU, my FSU <laughs> players too. But no, I'm just kidding about that, folks. But no, I mean, I, what I, I saw the uh, the post game interview with Coach Banghart, and she was saying that, you know, when she was telling her team, like, you know, let's do us. Not, I mean, the best version of us, but I thought that was like really funny. You kind of see how Louisville, I think, was up by 10 before, like, before the, I, I think, the last minute of the half. And then they were up by, I think, five at the end. And they see Cantal Williams have like 19 points. Yeah. Like we'll have the same with five. So to me, it's like it showed a team that, I mean, they were, they basically were outscored the first two quarters like handily. And it was a very tighter game. And you see the push and the kind of like the, with the, the reserve like with these ladies. And it's like, damn, I wish a lot more of our teams could do this because like actually that game was, there was like what, I think five or six lead changes with the last minute of the game. Okay. Like it was just a back and forth, like fast and furious, like a moment right there. And then Louisville did miss those last two shots. But I mean, it was defense at the end that kind of helped them out. Yeah, Kennedy Todd Williams, the uh, Deja Kelly at 18, her usual, like literally seeing Littlefield steps and shots, Hodgson coming off the bench. It was just very much all around team game. And I think that ultimately the women's side is so much more exciting, in my opinion. That's not even like, a, oh, I'm trying to hide from 
it's every first of all we have six charts here and i know there's a drop off between women at times in terms of rankings but every game popcorn ready sometimes it's a little off can't hold you but huh, have you looked at these men's games like some of these are just pretty pretty terrible but more than that it's just everyone's so lamented about basketball like oh my god like we're just not good this year down here like just so downtrodden everybody's just, you know super negative on the women's side it's exciting you've got nc state possibly could win a national championship you've got louisville you've got carolina wanting to be in the mix of be having a good ncaa tournament run you've got georgia tech notre dame why can't we just have nice things all around that being i mean you know why <laughs> you know the answer to that thing I, I don't ask questions you're in the answer to Candace. come on <laughs> why but, can't um, we have nice things all around I know. I wish it was that way, Candace. Trust me. But before I forget, though, because I do want to ask you, do you yeah. know who the next game is for UNC? I wish I did, but I could pull it up right here. They play Florida State? They play there Florida State at noon on Sunday. There it is. And I kind of want to have a little show bet with you with this right now. Okay. I was like, when you put some money down, like, what do you want to do? Because I actually uh, think that Florida State might be able to steal one this weekend. You know? A Carolina team coming off a big win, they usually squat the bed. But I will go. I will, you know, I ride for my squad. So I put a. I would put twenty five on. I put twenty five on it. Wait, number twenty five. See, yeah. ooh wee. I better know my girl. That's your <laughs> girl. Okay, twenty five. So I put twenty five on it. All right, let's do a twenty five dollars show because I think that Sue Semrau. I mean, like I said, like like I think last week she has fifty one wins against ranked teams, and then like you're saying, I expect maybe not sort of like a downgrade, but sort of like it's going to be a lot. I think a lot out of a team being the number yeah. three ranked team in the country, right? So, and then I think Mariana Valenzuela, who's been the probably the, the post and paint presence that for FSU women's basketball that we kind of needed for a little bit. And Morgan Jones, too, basically has been leading the team in scoring. So, to me, I'm going to go with my, my girls. Let's go like, right. FSU, FSU by probably five or six. It's going to be a fun game at the Tuck uh, this coming Saturday. Just know I want Sunday. I just want 25 Sunday, from each sorry. host. I, wanna, I want 25 from each host, just so we know. Just so we clear. So, wait, 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 so you, you're talking if I lose... <laughs> Man, you know, you know, damn. You better well. tell Max I want twenty five from each each post. Oh, you know, uh, you know, we'll discuss that <laughs> off camera. How about that? <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, guys. Well, we always love when Jersey Drake joins the show. Can you please remind folks of where they can find you and follow all of your work and where I can get my bet on? <laughs> you can go to betonline.net for that. You can come to me at tally underscore underscore drake. You can go to my coach at Max Moody seventeen. You can also follow us at L on for Seminoles and also follow at Knowles Anonymous. That's our, basically our listener community where we engage with our fan base, do things for episodes. And as always, we're fans first, people second, contact careers third. Go Knowles and girls, get this money. Candace and Drake, we hope you guys have a great weekend. Until next time. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.